Rory, if you could become a robot, maybe like a bioborg, uh, what sort of cool superpower would you have if you were a robot? Doesn't that feel like kind of a bit of a? I have to pick the. I, there's already the best one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you were a robot, how many eyes would how many, you have? How many five eyes would you? Have? <laughs> <laughs> if I had to pick something, knowing full well that there was already a Doctor Five Eyes in this, just getting all the ladies, slamming all the slamming all the bio, and all that bioborg poon. He's just out there. He's just out there crushing poon. With his five <laughs> eyes, uh, but I guess I would say my bioborg ability would be I would have B I would have B uh, B hands. Oh, okay. <laughs> have B hands? Are is, are each of your hands one big B? Are your hands made of a lot of little B's? Is each finger a B? Each each hand each hand is a is a wasp nest, but they kind of morph. They can become <laughs> like a big stinger, or they can become like a hand, like the you know the, it's not really a nest. It's just a it's just a bunch of B's on my. <laughs> Do you find that it gets in the way when you're dating? Um, I guess, but that's me, baby. <laughs> Take it or leave it. If you if you can't handle me at my wasp hands, <laughs> you don't deserve me. <laughs> you sit down at dinner and you just hear this horrible swarming noise. Just, <laughs> 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 What's that? Oh, it's me. <laughs> that's just my <laughs> terrifying hands. <laughs> Let me tell you about my family. I sell propane and propane accessories. Good morning to everybody because. It's Saturday morning, Tuesday. Keep rising. Always, whoa, whoa, whoa. Be, always be rising. And I'm Austin. And I'm Rory. I'm Andy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, my wonderful friends and listeners, we're on a game show. We're stuck on a game show. <laughs> oh, no. Here's whoa. the catch. Here's the catch on this game show. Uh, nobody's the host, we're all contestants, and we don't know what gets us points. <laughs> I know what doesn't get points here on Saturday Morning Tuesdays. <laughs> Ooh, is it anime? It's anime! Oh, what point? Do I get points? That is correct. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I get points for that, don't I? Or, or no, no, I'm not seeing my total go up. No, that's right. Uh, it was a, it was all a ruse to get you to say that dark word and lose it. And lose. <laughs> <laughs> now that's three demerits. This is a game show I think that accurately reflects life, where you kind of <laughs> don't really know when you're succeeding. You mm-hmm. just kind of hope you hope to not fail, and uh, you hope life doesn't remind you of your constant failures all the time. So, you know, you might hear some fun slide whistle sound effects and, and <laughs> things like that whenever we f- we, we fail. I don't know. It kind of <laughs> depends on the... Tell me more about the work that you're putting <laughs> on the my self-modifying plate. code of the, <laughs> the show adapts to whatever terrible thing we say. You know, look, it's going to depend on the omnipotent hosts, the true hosts of our, of our dark and twisted game show that we have no control over. You uh, mean Jesus? That's right. That's right. The one true judge, the king of kings. He's our, Pat, he's our Pat Sajak in this um, in this carnival of life. I'm more of a Rod Roddy kind of guy. Oh, he's good, mm. too. He's so good. Here's what 
here's what we're going to look at today, though. Here are our true obstacles that we are faced with. We are put in front of two shows. Uh, these are wonderful soaring hunk shows in our sky hunks arc this is part two sky hunks andy will you say i i'm gonna do if i if Andy or austin if you allow me to briefly lift the the demerit the demerit curtain andy will you just say sky hunks part two in japanese <laughs> will you just say that for us very quickly i don't know i don't know it i'll have to i'll have to like adr about? this in after you the took fact like 12 years of you took like 12 years of anime yeah, and I haven't spoken, I haven't taken a Japanese <laughs> class in 12 since. years of anime. <laughs> 2011. Sora no Ikemen, Dai Niwa. All right, well, the anime curtain's back down, and you're back in, in so, and so like a, like a falcon wearing its hood, you're, you're no longer aware. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where I am. He put his falcon hat back on. <laughs> Oh shit. Austin, what shows are we watching? We are watching Sky Surfer Strike Force and Robotech. Yeah, I'm very excited. Are now in the game show, are these two are do I do I have to eat these as fast as I can? <laughs> or do I have to shove my family member into one of them and laugh I at look, the gross? That's a great question. And if I knew the answer, I would tell you, but we don't know what <laughs> But gets I'm us not points. the host. I can't reiterate that more clearly. <laughs> <Again>. <laughs> Damn it. I'm here with you. I'm in the dirt with you. Yeah, I am Drew Carey doing a hoedown. I, uh, you know. <laughs> I don't want to be here. here. <laughs> right, and I'm not as good as you guys. And every time you speak, everyone's a little frightened of what's going to happen. Yeah, that's totally fair. And, okay, okay, well, since I don't know whether I'm supposed to eat it or rub myself on it, what if we tried watching it and talking about it? Is that okay. something that might get us points? I think it's the only thing we've got right now other than the eating move. <laughs> and I already tried that. I, I, it did not go well. What did Sky Surfers taste like? Uh, mutton. Hair, mostly. <laughs> Tasted like burnt hair. It's like a bazaar. <laughs> <laughs> not pleasant. Like some frothy Russian stew. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's jump right into that stew. Well, let's just dive right in. God damn it. It's like four episodes in a row. <laughs> let's dive right in. Crazy stunts. Slice dice. Air enforcer. Sore loser. All right, welcome back to the game show that I'm not the host of. We, it's we have the whistling to... round now, where me and Austin have to whistle while Andy tries to read read text. From, from the... Okay, <laughs> well, that's what's going to get us points this time. So this is Sky Surfer Strike Voice, Episode 2, Death Paint. <laughs> that is debilitating. It's hard for us to... <laughs> Cyborg way the scheme <laughs> involves the kidnapping of three scientists through the machinations of Easel, a bioborg who makes paintings come to life. Only the Sky Surfer Strike Force can brush aside Easel's plot and stop a powerful satellite from controlling the skies. Oh, oh God! You've made it through uh. the gauntlet of whistles. 
<laughs> oh, this is going to be a silly episode. <laughs> this one's going to be one of those silly ones. I'm lightheaded. Oh, okay, so I don't know. If you guys didn't catch the the ABC of that, basically Cybron has a, a guy who has magic paint and it makes hologram people, and he's trying to steal some m- m- missile codes or some shit. That's what's going on in this one. And there's a decided lack of Dr. Five Eyes, and I'm very mad. Dr. Five Eyes is, is not present. <laughs> and and honestly, for the name Death Paint, I was a little bit little bit let down. It's still a fun, goofy episode, but I did what not feel let the, you down. I didn't feel that the paint was particularly deadly. No, no, if anything, more people died as collateral damage due to chase scenes than as a result <laughs> of the paint. So back when we looked at their Kim Possible episode, the uh, Bueno Nacho episode of Kim Possible, we talked about this lack of thematic cohesion at the end. Mm-hmm. This was that just times a hundred. <laughs> um, there, there was so much they could have done to make this a much more fun themed episode because we have this beginning and we learn about this character Easel, and Easel is this mad scientist looking guy who has metal over his face with like mm-hmm. little eyes these this this sort of kind of like a robocop half mask sort of yeah, thing but goggles, like a robocop with goggles. yeah with goggles right um and he's got spiky and hair yeah he he takes paintings uh that are of so there are three scientists and they're trying to get access codes from these scientists and they paint pictures of the scientists and then the plot is to then also take paintings of monsters and then make the monsters come to life Dude, to hold the down ABC the real this, people. It makes no fucking sense. And then they have paintings of the people and then there's doubles to sort of fill in for them in their lives after they've been kidnapped. And, and then at the end of all of this, after all this elaborate you know, setup, they kind of just cheat their way to the end with some time travel nonsense. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. And then... And then, yeah, Easel totally goes away, and then it becomes a show about, you know, Chronozoid and a <laughs> satellite rocket that's trying to control the sky. There's... <laughs> control the sky? That's where I surf. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> you can't do that. I don't get it. This episode has everything and nothing. Uh, right. <laughs> but it was kind of fun anyway, right? Oh, it was, I mean, it was a ton of fun to watch this thing just sort of fall yeah, so apart. Yeah, so I would seams. say the first, I don't know how long it takes to kind of get to the core setup where now the skyscrapers are in on the ruse. The bad guys want to, you know, become the scientists to steal some stuff. And then mm-hmm. once the skyscrapers are in on that game, I, I really, I enjoyed that part of it, trying to catch them, trying to catch yeah. the paintings. Uh, Sliced Ice goes undercover as one of the lady scientists. I, and... <laughs> And that's that's just kind of like sliced ice seems to know all three of the scientists and one of them <laughs> is this woman named Miko, right? Yeah. And they seem to be friends and it kind of it kind of just struck me as like uh a little too convenient where it's like, "Hey, look, we wrote another Asian woman in here and she's friends with the Asian woman that we already have and then because both Asian women clearly look alike, she's going to just dress up as the other one and no one's going to notice." Yeah. Like, it felt a little weird. It's like <laughs> I would say it was, okay, it was so, a so little it, weird. That is definitely a way to read it that is totally fair. Um I, I thought Miko was uh was adequately sort of perplexed by this plan as the viewer was. Yeah. You know, they're sitting in the car and Sly Sash is like, Okay, I'm gonna need to change clothes with you now. <laughs> She's what? like, What? <laughs> what? 
Yeah, I'm going to pretend to be you. I can't do that without your clothes. All right. I have a change in the back of the car, but, you know, okay. (laughs) Well, and in addition to that, sort of the poor optics on that, there's a moment, too, where uh, Sliced Ice as Miko is... Uh, no, wait, no, no. It's the hologram of Miko that yeah. has uh, <laughs> jumped out of the painting because mm-hmm. uh, Slice Dice says Miko has already been captured. And yeah. the hologram from the painting <laughs> that Easel created jumps out and is now doing a car chase with the Sky Surfers, driving a convert or driving, you know, some fancy car down. Because holograms the, can drive cars. Because I guess holograms can jump through through walls but then can drive cars materially <laughs> um and then and the the sky servers are following this car and they mention she may look like miko but she drives like sliced ice and it's like really you you have to get a dig in about the the <laughs> female character on your team being the bad driver like i know you, you're all incredible stunt <laughs> like flying superheroes you know like what why did that have to happen uh, you know, strangely enough, Austin, I'm looking at your point total. Looks like you just gained points for ma- managing to to unravel that ridiculous explanation. So uh, good on ding, you. Ding, 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 ding. Good on you oh, making sweet. making it all the way through <laughs> that that hologram body double bullshit. Okay, so speaking of of bullshit though, before the the Miko sliced ice switcheroo happens, uh, mm-hmm. we see the, the Bioborgs uh, dealing with the other two scientists and kidnapping them, and at one point. Easel is sitting in a van. Um, he has a fake, like synthetic, uh, like latex, normal skin eyes. <laughs> oh, on God, top yeah. of his, on top of his metal <laughs> face cover, on top of his real face. He's wearing, yeah, he's wearing like like awake eyes. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing like, and he peels it off immediately, um, to reveal his like RoboCop helmet underneath. <sighs> Underneath the fake eyes, he's wearing like three layers of shit. He's wearing a fake face on top of his metal face on top of his real face. There's got to be a better way to do that. <laughs> but that's why I love this show. It's because normal people would not do that horrible idea. Okay. Uh, I have to I have to say a thing real fast. So, Oh, boy. The whole, I've got my, no. got my buzzer ready. <laughs> You're not the host. <laughs> This is not, that's not what's happening. Okay. I no, am in so this round, host. it's, this round, Rory's the host. <laughs> what? Yes, I won the host job. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yes. No. Yes. That's okay. the challenge. <laughs> okay, so, so this is, this is the main, I, I there's a, clearly a lot of issues with this plot and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but let me, let me I- explain the biggest thing that I hate. So the whole like first five minutes of this episode is them like the bad guys attacking like this yacht where all the scientists are and it's all just a diversion so that easel can sneak on board and sneak some paintings into their stash of paintings so that they'll take them home but later like we've just said the bad guys go to each of these scientists homes and attack them and kidnap them in their own homes and what was the point of having them have the paintings they could just bring the paintings with them when they kidnap like, but we, but we wouldn't have known in, they were. But we wouldn't have known about the yachts. We wouldn't have known those very cool boats that they go I on. I just, I'm just uh, saying Rory, it, it makes Rory, no I've sense. I've got an answer. I've got what? an answer, Andy. Hit us with uh, that answer. I the answer is they already have basically two shapeshifters on their team, and they don't have to do this plot. 
<laughs> anyway. Dr. Five Eyes can just hypnotize people and Replicon can just turn into people. Though yeah. Replicon is busy breaking into homes by turning his fingers into keys. Well, yeah. <laughs> true. So good. I mean, the finger keys was very the point funny. Of including, they include Replicon in this grift. And it's like, yeah. all right, now we're going to use a, com- a completely uh, ridiculous process to impersonate somebody. And he wags right, his Replicon, tongue with every line. Also, <laughs> the impersonations only last for 24 hours. Yeah, there's, there's holes even... everywhere. But but it's it was it was all worth it to get Replicon to hold both of his hands up and his fingers have turned into ten old timey keys. <laughs> I guess he's gonna try all of them. Yeah. Those are all ten keys. That's all of them. Yeah, it's almost like they try and they're kind of going the opposite way with what you do with most with most of these shows, these sort of rogues gallery of villains are always bumbling buffoons. And they're mm-hmm. kind of going way out of their way to make sure we know all of these biowargs are uniquely great at being villains. Yeah. Yeah. And then and also share three of the same powers. Yeah. Well, there, there's a ton of overlap. But I just meant they're all capable of doing the the entire episode by themselves. Like, we really only needed one villain for for this yeah. episode. But they've got them yeah. all. And none of, and they're not, like, tripping over their own capes or, or, or getting in each other's way. And we'll way. learn uh, when we meet Chronozoid later in the episode. He is incredibly <laughs> OP. Yeah, I was like, Chronozoid is definitely the angel summoner to the rest of the, <laughs> to the, rest of the group's BMX bandit. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. He can just he can just warp back and forth through time with no none of those none of those none of those paradoxes at all. No. Yeah. He would not make a very interesting time travel movie. So the whole first half of this episode is the, you know, them the scientists getting kidnapped. And then instead of Miko getting kidnapped, uh, Sliced Ice takes her place. So Sliced Ice actually gets kidnapped so she can go and figure out what the hell's going on. And then the right. other Sky Surfers track down, you know, the bad guys. They go confront the fake hologram Miko and blah, 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 blah. And then it all ends up in this big showdown, uh, as, of course, it would against the Bioborgs. Uh, and we meet Chronozoid. Is that what, what his name is? Chronozoid? Yeah, Chronozoid. Yeah, Chronozoid. Now, what was nice was was getting some time with Sliced Ice by herself. Uh, it was good to to get some solo time with her. Um, and she was captured, but she did rescue herself and uh, do some good some good butt kicking, which was nice to see. That's true. <laughs> they don't they don't talk. A, they, they actually this show does a remarkably good job of uh, not bringing up the fact that she's a woman in terms of like making that why you know, so-and-so, such-and-such happens. Like, she's just one mm-hmm. of the sky surfers, and she's very competent, right. and that's just Or one of is. the scientists. Right. And so so I like, I, di- I do like that. It's doing a pretty good job there. Uh, aside, you know, boob armor aside. There is a funny moment where after uh, the kidnapping and they talk to Miko, and they're trying to figure out why they would want these three scientists, and she goes, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, you know what? Maybe they're after the codes that all three of us individually only know that control the satellite. Like, <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, is that now why? That, that might be it, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Come on, lady. How is that not your first thing? You're a scientist. You're brilliant. <laughs> That's not an afterthought. She's um, still got she's still got a boat brain. <laughs> right. There's another funny moment right after that where the hologram turned back into a painting 
and they have the painting at their lab and they try to like torture it for information. <laughs> They're going to like electrocute the painting and then it immediately catches on fire and burns to cinder and they just kind of shrug and can't do anything about it. I think that's yeah, super I- silly, but also kind of brilliant if they if the if they're yeah. able to make these perfect replicate like replicas then maybe the replica knows something that they can use right yeah and then they fuck it up <laughs> and they just kind of shrug and move on to the next thing well i think it was it was sore loser trying to do it and i think his rationale was like well these holograms work on like electricity or some shit so what if we just jam it full of energy the hologram will come out and we can talk even to though it. we already saw when the when the mika hologram escapes or runs away uh, when the when the hologram gets wet in the ocean, it <laughs> it turns <laughs> back into a painting. Turns back into a painting. What the? I, I mean, <laughs> there's so much. That, is the painting just inside the hologram? Like, what is going on? Easel's power is very strange. And unfortunately, this is where the episode thematically kind of runs off the cliff and becomes yeah. the Chronozoid show because Easel stops being a thing. And yeah, he's gone. And then it's just Slice Dice fighting against Chronozoid uh, in the this like base, this like <laughs> military base or something. And Chronozoid can just turn a wheel on his chest and can just kind of reverse time or go forward or, or it's whatever, whatever he wants. It's incredibly powerful. But <laughs> we the fact that we have to deal with Chronozoid in this episode and not uh, Easel is a is a huge missed opportunity. We literally saw and were teased at the beginning that Easel has these like centaur demons and like <laughs> minotaur demons in paintings that can jump out and are a threat. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't why don't we fight them again? Why aren't they the the villain or something? You know like why why is Chronozoid has no purpose in this No. And you know, it's it's funny because you talk about I think Rory, maybe it was you said that each of the villains could be a villain on their own and hold their own. Yeah. Like, it just makes me think about Silverhawks again. And I'm having more fun watching this show than I had watching Silverhawks, I think. But mm-hmm. at least Hawks did something right in the, in two regards here. One of them is that all of their villains did hold their own and got their own episodes frequently. Yeah, they had a whole themed episode. Yeah. Like, Poker Face got to do his <laughs> own goddamn thing, and I loved it. But the other thing is, they had their own time villain, but they didn't make him absurdly overpowered to the point that a child would probably even be like, damn, that's that's too powerful. They had, they had that, yeah, they got to nerf that, him. They had that <laughs> teenage kid, that teenage kid named Time Stopper, who, who could, yeah, you he know. He had anime rules. He could do, like, you know, six he, seconds or whatever. Well, for one limbo minute, I for think For one limbo minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> But like, and I like you know, that it's... we don't know the limitations on Chronozoid. No, but, you know, the villains succeed in their plot by having him basically be like, oh, well, I'll just go back in time and follow Slice Dice and find the last time she was with Miko and then steal Miko and back in time and then bring her to the present. Like, yeah, he could apparently go kill Hitler with just no nothing bad. <laughs> yeah. would go, nothing would go wrong. Right. Yeah. And they don't, zap they back don't and add in a thing. They don't say like, Hitler. oh, oh, man, I'm I'm I've exhausted my power for the day. That's it. I'm I out only of time. Have one... juice. Right. <laughs> So yeah, we deal with we deal with Chronozoid who, you know, they they start launching the rocket. Um and then we have the sky surfers all all flying around and doing their shit, doing sky nonsense. Uh we have another baffling catchphrase happen from Sore Loser who throws his boomerang <laughs> through a window 
that just breaks through both of the windows and doesn't hit anybody. Like it goes in one window, it smashes through it, misses, misses Cybron, goes back out through the another window and he says triumphantly, it's all in the wrist action. <laughs> remember, that's his daughter. So just FYI, just always remember that the, all the canoodling those two do. She's his daughter, his, his adult daughter. <laughs> Man. And that it's still sore losers. Boomerang is also still as big as he is. It's it huge. looks insane when he throws so, it. I have to say though, so when we cut to uh, the Cybron has launched the missile after after the boomerang, uh, the failed boomerang at- attempt to stop it. Right? Yes. The missile's now in the sky. The sky servers chase after it. They they are not sure how to catch it. Uh, our cowboy suggests we maybe lasso it (laughs) and then in my one of my favorite one of my favorite it's not really a line but you know exactly what's coming because this guy remember these guys all kind of have one thing so when the boomerang guy goes no i got it and he flies up and lands on the missile he's about to be the boomerang (laughs) (laughs) no i am the boomerang i'm (laughs) oh um, see i had a different i had a different thought on that moment because i saw that as another missed opportunity another baffling missed opportunity where why didn't they have the cowboy? Why? Why literally? Yes, it should have been. It should have been the cowboy on it. Yeah, it would have been. It should have been crazy stuff doing a love. slim pickens. Yeah, yeah, doing a slim pickens on the, on the thing, like riding it like a bronco or whatever. Like mm-hmm. he's literally holding reins. He's using yeah. fuses like these <laughs> yeah. wires on the missile and pulling them like reins. Yeah, that's how and things work. He, right. Which I, I mean, I think that's fine. I, you know, it was silly. It was kind of fun, but. Why didn't they have crazy stunts on it? You're 100% right. There was a moment in that that I liked. It didn't really come uh come to be of much consequence, but the he is he's pulling the reins on the on the missile trying to trying to steer it away from these two twin tower looking uh looking buildings. Yeah, it's it's the Century Plaza towers in LA. Uh oh, okay. Uh so I I feel like in 99% of uh, I mean, probably every other cartoon uh, that we watched, what would happen is at the last second he pulls up and misses the buildings. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. He he scratches the buildings. He goes through. He goes between them and does some damage. And I don't know. I thought it was an interesting choice. Again, yeah, I was I hoping wasn't it expecting would, that. I was just wondering it would pay off, but I was not expecting him to actually that his plan to fail and for him to crash through the buildings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like he he does a significant amount of damage to those buildings, and somewhere inside. Remington Steel looks up and is like, what the hell is going on in there? And, oh, 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 it looks like I got some points in this game show for a Remington Steel reference because he uh, he he uh, his work is in the Century Plaza Towers. So, wow. Thanks. Thanks, host, for giving me all those points. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's actually this is the round where you lose points. If you mention <laughs> every Remington time you snoot, Steel. every time you snoot, you are you are you are repro- reprimanded. It's the Remington Steel yeah, no, no round. Yeah, yeah, it's where I can Remington steal your points away for <laughs> mentioning a thing I don't like. Oh, damn. But I do lose points for the sense of smug satisfaction I just got for saying Remington <laughs> steal your points away. So um, I lose too a little bit. I think we all lost a little bit. I'm doing okay. <laughs> Fuck you, Rory. <laughs> There's a return of the baffling catchphrase. Uh, Again, where they point to the missile before they've dealt with it and say, we got to stop that overblown bee sting. Oh, I love that. I also like, we got to send it a good night kiss. We got to give it a good night kiss. <laughs> yeah, we got to give it a good night kiss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
so the episode ends and it's it's got a, a a scene with one of the old scientists and Jack because the old scientist said that he knew Jack's dad. And that's yeah, we, got a little, I think, we got a little beefcake knowledge on Jack's dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This caught me the most by surprise. So there's going to be some continuity. Yeah, but it's not good continuity because he's no, basically just like, oh, well, about a week before the explosion, your father told me that there was a glitch in the artificial brain he was developing. And Jack's like, sweet, that means Cybron can be destroyed. And we sort of pan <laughs> away. But it's like we got new information, but it's not actual new information. It's an incredibly vague ending that it is. I don't it's 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 just vague enough that they don't have to. It's not like a Chekhov gun because there's the, it's the vague outline of a gun. You know, mm-hmm. it could be any just the bulge of a gun. In a yeah, but yeah. I still re- I still respect the effort. I respect what they're trying to do there and trying to dangle and tease a little more. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I was impressed by it a little bit. Oh, wow. He, he was impressed. He, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm tentatively willing to give some points for it if it, if it pays off, if, if they continue kind of building up this this world. Yeah, but I'm I'm going to take the points away if every ending is another vague statement like this. Yeah. Like, and I we're guess, one yeah, step closer to killing Cybron. All right, well, tingling, ringling, ting, ding, ding. It's that money machine just chi- just 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 ringing in the corner, and and I've come I've come to shake the quarters out, and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Austin, so well, so here's the thing. Here's what happened. Our very good, our very good sponsor, Dad, was he was not too happy with. He he had one request. My my father, my very good father, Dad, asked that we do a clean ad, but Andy couldn't keep his ding dang mouth out of the potty for <laughs> for not one minute. So so Andy, you're out. You're out. Dad has given us one last chance to do a clean ad, and you're out. You you just you're out. Okay. Okay, so so Austin, maybe this time you can tell us about Dad's new product, Dad's Thick Corn Blasts. I'd like to hear a clean ad, please, or we're going to lose all the money from Dad. I mean, it seems very obvious that I could do, I would do a clean ad. I don't see any other way to talk about Dad's Thick Corn Blasts. I would, I would hope so, but with with our with our potty mouth Andy in the corner just shouting swears. (laughs) (laughs) Well. No, I'm so happy that this I get to talk about Dad's Thick Corn Blasts. Because here, here I'm going to pose sort of a problem, you know? What happens when you're hungry and your dad's around and you, you just need some delicious food? Well, thankfully, your daddy can feed you. <laughs> your, your daddy's got a whole lot of... <laughs> Daddy's got a whole lot of corn, and he's got it—he's got it stored on him at all times. And you know what? Here's the thing: you're playing catch with your pop, and you're playing him on the other side of that football field, and you're hungry and you want a snack. Well, how how are you gonna get that snack from Dad? From Pop Pop? He's got to get you that snack from all the way across that football field, and that's where Daddy's thick corn blast comes in, because he he can fire such a powerful blast of corn right over to your area, um, with his this personal pneumatic cylinder that uh, is patented. It's still in development, but it should be done very soon. What color is the uh, cylinder? It's just sort of a. I don't know what a, you're getting at here, you lewd dude. But you better I, keep I your just, mouth shut. 
I just want to know. I'm just inquiring minds want to know about the details and contours of the cylinder. Don't ask about cylinders. I, you're a Tell bad me. man. It's I puce just... and it's small and it fits on all dad's keychains. <laughs> and so all dads can power up the the corn into this pneumatic cylinder and just power it off and just pop it off and watch that thing, that trajectory go, go thick and wide. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Can you tell me more about what's thick? Yeah, I mean, you know the corn, the corn trajectory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know the, the, you got to have high volume corn because it's gonna feed you up good. It's gonna fill your tummy more. So with the, with a, with a thick mass, it can get from from your daddy to your tummy in seconds flat. <laughs> so wait a minute. Earlier you said he can blast it into my area. Can you tell me which area that is? <laughs> yeah, we're t- again, we're talking about playing catch and playing football catch in in the football field where you and your daddy play all the time. And so, you know, you're you're in one end zone and he's in the other one. Uh, throwing those long bombs. And so you say, "Daddy, I'm hungry." You shout across the the yard lines <laughs> and he blasts it with his cylinder. And you know he goes. It's on the. It's on the fifty. It's on the forty. It's on the thirty. It's in me. It's in my stomach. It's, it's in your tummy. <laughs> that's how it works. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, I've never been so full. Ah. Count uh, count up your points and tally your tally your uh, your wins because it's it's round three of the game show where where everything everything just ca- everything is w- it's just way worse. So be <laughs> ready for be ready for whatever comes your way. Uh, looks like Rory does lose some points for not being prepared for uh, <laughs> starting this segment. <laughs> yeah. I've been flung from the host's chair like a like a <laughs> like an ejection seat. But but here we go. Like get ready to get ready to hear what I've got to tell you guys cuz we watched here's what we watched. We watched an episode of Robotech. We watched episode <laughs> number 2 of Robotech. It was called Countdown. And if you're ready to hear how it goes, it goes uh, it goes like this is what it goes. The Zentradi troops assault Macross <laughs> Island to capture the SDF-1. And I know if for those of you out there, I know I'm about to get hit with some real mean anime, anime <laughs> stings. The anime bees will be stinging me tonight. <laughs> the bee shonens. <laughs> ah. Which fails a liftoff attempt. After witnessing the transformation of his Veritech fighter plane, Rick rescues a young girl named Lynn Minmay. Right off the bat with this episode, uh, we get another taste of that delicious narrator uh, reminding us what happened last week. And kind mm-hmm. of also explaining just sort of what's going on in a very dad-like way. <laughs> I just making us feel. He a talks about it. it's like if he home. told someone else's dad about this <laughs> robot show, and he's like, "Wow, crazy things happen." Uh, Rick Hunter is in a wild robot. Who? Wow, who can believe <laughs> it? So I, I, so I, I like this episode a lot. It's, it's, it's pretty uneventful, all things considered, but. 
that kind of is a testament to the tone and the pace the show is going to be taking us on. We Agreed. had a pretty wild first episode, and this one we react to it. What's going on now? Yeah, this this show actually has like themes. Their episodes are like like have cohesiveness to them, at least while it's the same show. While it in this early phase of Robotech before they make it other shows, you know, yeah, there's a there's a a theming to it, and we get the sense in this episode that everybody's kind of struggling with not really knowing what to do, not knowing. Not understanding their own technology because they all had to rush into uh, this attack that they weren't prepared for. Yeah, and, and, so not, have... and not rushing out of the world they gave us, which is – so I, what I mean is it, people are standing around in a, in a city that is devastated by an alien attack. And right. we're, yeah. we're not – we don't get to just walk away and fly in the sky with the hugs. We're down, in the, we're down in with the people. Yeah, and we have basically like three different little plots in this episode that all revolve around – characters in the middle of this not again not really knowing what they're doing yeah it's pretty great because we've got uh we've got global captain global on the bridge with his bridge crew uh which i mean it is a little funny they keep taking every opportunity even the narrator to remind us that his entire crew is not very experienced it's (laughs) like why are they why did you why are they inexperienced like shouldn't you guys have like actual combat veterans at these posts like it's very weird that you've all hired like these these 20 something women to fill your uh your very important bridge posts but you know well and yeah it's hard not to see a little extra like oh is it because they're women like yeah are you so saying they, mm-hmm. that they dance an odd line where they they call express attention to the fact that this, the crew is staffed by all women and yep. it and they don't shit on it specifically uh Unless it's the senator who's very condescending about it. But. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as a show, I feel that they are not—they are not a a uh, collection of goofs. No, and this is the show takes know. them seriously, even if there are male characters who don't, which I think is realistic and cool. Yeah. So we've got mm-hmm. Global, and then separately, we also have uh, Rick is the main, you know, of course, our main our main hunk, uh, and he's struggling trying to figure out what hunk the heck Prime. is going on. Yeah, Hunk Prime. Rick Hunter, uh, he doesn't know how to work his own ship. You know, this this uh, this Veritech variable fighter that he's landed himself in. He It's turned into a mech, and he's like, I literally don't know how to move a mech. This is not something I learned in flight school. It was pretty funny when he has that exchange. I must be seeing things. This used to be a fighter plane. Excuse me, what is this? I mean, what does it look like to you? Huh? What is it? Some kind of robot, I think. Oh, great. Wow. When I got into this thing, it was an aircraft. I thought I'd gone nuts. Give me a freaking break here. <laughs> Ten seconds ago, it was an airplane. <laughs> it's so good. And when back when we watched a compare, when we watched Gurren Lagann, where the the magical boy, oh, you know, the, the boy whose destiny. <laughs> the, the anime bees are after me now. Uh, as I mentioned, Gurren Lagann, uh, they're gonna they're gonna pierce my heavens with their drill. Uh, <laughs> with their bee drill, um, uh. no, but so this this is like the that was like the prophecy boy who jumps into a robot and immediately he's just like the best coolest pilot that's ever existed. And mm-hmm. in this case, we have Rick, who is like obviously a competent pilot, but you know he's never driven a mech before that that you know that's a jet plane. And getting that time to just have some realistic fun time with it to, for where he knows as little as we do 
Mm-hmm. And, and there's a and there's a really really funny exchange uh, with his with his with his sky dad with the hunk dad uh, who's come down in his own mech to teach to teach Rick how to fly the mech. Yeah. And he's and he says, okay, so the feet are controlled by the foot pedals, which is kind of condescending and funny in yeah. his own in his own right. And then Rick responds, "What? There's like fifty pedals? It's fifty-seven? <laughs> fifty-seven to be exact? I know. Yeah, uh, I really great. liked. I really liked paying attention to the fact that the cockpit is a real place. That is something I've not mm-hmm. seen before. No, yeah, exactly. And like, to, there's it's not interesting when your main character starts off as automotive Jesus, you know, <laughs> like." If they have room to grow and they ha- they don't know a lot, like it's it's that much more exciting when suddenly they're mastering it. And I don't want to I don't want to attract the bees, really, because that doesn't <laughs> seem like a lot of fun. Well, I'm sharpening and- up my stinger. I'm sharpening my stinger right now. <laughs> but oh, it turns you know. out uh, Andy's the beekeeper this round, so <laughs> he is safe. Oh, fantastic! I'm safe, so I can tell you about the fact that uh, there's actually two sort of distinct subgenres in Mecha anime that uh that are oh, the that bees exact have pierced your suit <laughs> yeah <laughs> well no they're that exact difference you were talking about between this and something like gurren Lagann, where that gurren Lagann is a super robot show and this is a real robot show uh where it's it's more like the difference between like fantasy sci-fi and hard sci-fi right like right. we're actually we're we're trying to treat this like a real machine as opposed to this machine is an extension of my like crazy power fantasy. Right. Yeah. Right. And it, it has magic, right? And that's another thing that I noticed too is when the the fighter plane gets when it gets bullet holes in it, which is not something you'd see in in a Voltron or something <laughs> where the lions the lions don't lose an arm. The lions don't, you know, get dents on them. They always stay immaculate. <laughs> yeah. And because they're these sort of magical spirit weapons that don't need to get fixed necessarily, you can be like, oh, they're losing power and it's all vague. And, you know, it's connected with their heart or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. That's fine if your show is Voltron. But sometimes, (laughs) yeah, sometimes you want to see the ships get some bolt holes in them. You want to (laughs) see them, like, take real damage. And uh, that was really cool in this. Yeah. Yeah. It turns out the bees that are attacking me are the Japanese giant hornet. The uh, the Suzumebachi, and they're about three oh, the, inches long. It turns out they're and... making me powerful. It turns out I'm powered by the bees. Oh, uh, bee venom have, have... <laughs> it's so strange. It's it, it it doesn't hurt anymore, and I feel like my, I'm 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 just becoming so powerful. Remember when Andy died because of Japanese bee venom? <laughs> so. This episode, we meet a major character who will be around for the rest of the show, and her name is Lynn Min May. I mean, we technically met her last episode, but not in a real fashion. Uh, we actually get to see Rick have conversations with her this time. And I'm curious, because I clearly, I obviously have a lot more information and context for her. What do you guys think of her right now? Um, I I liked that she enters the scene with pertinent questions and... um a sense of place but we didn't get a lot of her personality um, no it's true. what we did get was she uh she has her family she has her auntie she has her little brother i think mm-hmm. i think so and they're living in macross city uh which has now just become a war zone and people are starting to flee and there's there's some damage happening and w- her family flees after briefly meeting rick hunter as he awkwardly crashes his mech into their house because <laughs> he doesn't know how to pilot <laughs> And um, 
you know, they chat and they make sure everyone's okay. Um, and then once they've fled, May realizes, or Min May realizes that she left her journal. She left her diary in the house and runs yeah. back into a bombarded war zone. because She doesn't <laughs> want anybody to read her diary. <laughs> it's a little silly. Um, when uh, you have to remember, is it Roy? Is Roy the dad? Yeah, Roy Foker. Roy Foker is the dad. Okay. So later he calls Lynn uh, Rick's girlfriend, which I wasn't sure if he was, it was a playful jab or we were supposed to think they had some sort of yeah, but he didn't fight it. Bond. He didn't fight it at all. Yeah. So I, I didn't no, really, I was a little yeah, lost it's, there. It's more of a playful jab because he saw them talking to each other. Okay. They Rick and Min May do not know each other at this point. Uh, yeah. They know each other in as much as she talked to him standing on top of a Mecca. There is a bit of a cringy moment right after that where he's, they talk about, her they talk about oh yeah i don't care how you are how's the girl the girl okay so far better take good care of her if anything happens to her you'll have to answer to me oh don't forget big brother i saw her first that's how it is huh we'll discuss this later (laughs) is this me (laughs) yeah and then they wave dicks talking about who's gonna get to hit on a 15 year old girl it's like yeah i'm like 17 this is okay roy you're like 29 or something like maybe Maybe figure that out for yourself. Also, you're maybe, dating Claudia. Maybe wind that. Maybe wind it back in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was no that kidding. Was a little weird. Um, that I think that was my only real weird moment in this episode. For sure. Um, I think everything. Although else was again, it would be cool. it would be it would be funny if it had a little more self awareness and I wasn't. Uh, I think we all go straight to the fact that it's a little yucky because it almost definitely is. But there, there's a version of the scene where he knows that he's too old and he's just given the 17 year old a hard time to just kind of fuck with a 17 year old because he's a fully formed hunk. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to go date. I'm going to go date your girlfriend. What do you think about that? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a big action sequence that happens after this because may they go into, to find may, um, who is Min may Min may. Thank you. Come on. Uh, Get on top of it, Austin. She's she's, uh, you know, about to get shot by one of these like bipedal uh, walker things, ships and trotty ships. And uh, yeah, they try to save her from that. And she's outside of the ship and, you know, it get, it's getting shot and like have to in the middle of the air have to like fling Minmay into the cockpit in a really cool maneuver in slow motion. Yeah, It's really cool. Yeah, some really nice animation actually going on in this episode. And like Austin said, there's there's all of these walkers now. So like the, the Zentradi have, have reached the ground and they've got their forces coming in and they're attacking the city. But they're not attacking the SDF-1 because they want to recover the, the big ship intact. But the, the main thing that we learn this episode, which I think is still really cool as a, like a world building concept and moving forward, is that the Zentradi are very very large uh they the guy gets out of a cockpit like they they destroy a mech and the guy gets out of it and he walks up and he is as big as rick's mech like just as a person and i think that's really kind of cool and scary yeah it is it is scary um we they uh i think we might have cut this from last episode but we talked about they were called micronians uh Mm -hmm. earthlings were called micronians by the zentradi and now we kind of know why is because we're really small compared to them. Well, and it adds a little more context people. as well to remember the scene I was mentioning before where the, 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 uh, the ship captain bumps his head 
mm-hmm. they're really paying attention to how big different different races are. Yeah, um, they're paying attention to the fact that. So if these guys are Micronians, I'm gonna guess that the the Robotech, uh, uh, the Veritech, uh, no, Robotech is the is the yeah. plane. You're Those right, guys are probably masters. even smaller than people. Is 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 mm-hmm. a sort of my my growing assumption? They're right. very tiny. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, that's a good assumption. And also, also adds a little bit of um, plausibility. Well, not plausibility. It could be the crew could be manned by women, anyways. But it, maybe the fact that they're all young women is, is has to do with the you know the size of the tubes in this ship, the the, the corridors and the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the bridge. I don't know. It, it, I, I'm I'm noticing all the ways they've taken a lot of care to put things in their place. Now, regarding regarding the what is SDF one? Yeah, the SDF one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we fully mentioned the arc of that where they right. they've been on the ground. Uh, it's been firing lasers from the ground, but a senator busts into the bridge <laughs> and he says, "Why haven't you taken off? What are you waiting for? You must think I'm out of my mind." I can't take the ship into combat with a crew of raw recruits who have never flown in space before. And the senator still tells them to take off. Um, He doesn't care. Just do it. It sounds to me as though you're saying you have no confidence in your crew. Is that what you're telling me, Captain? I didn't say that. Well, then what is the problem? We spent a fortune on this Robotech ship, and I don't want to see it destroyed on the ground. Um, Then he's like, Well, girls, we're all depending on you. So don't let us down. He fucking sucks. Yeah, um, but and then what's great is then they try to take off and it doesn't work. Oh, it's such a cool bit of like technology that doesn't like overwhelm us with techno babble. But like we get a little, you know, a, a little glimpse at how things work. Like they try they try and lift off. And clearly there's like a bunch of little individual gravity pods throughout the whole of this giant ship that would like anti-grav lift this thing up into the air and get out into space. But like it's been busted enough and like I guess the metal isn't strong enough that the gravity pods just break free. And instead of lifting the ship, they just bust through the top of the ship and fly off into the sky. <laughs> it was pretty cool. I liked that malfunction. That that seemed like a a, a well thought out malfunction. Well, yeah. and it's a subversion of the trope of like, it's not tested yet. It'll never work. And then it just works perfectly forever. <laughs> and it's, you know, yeah, they just said that, uh, you know, <laughs> to add tension. But it's actually in this case, he says we're not ready yet and they're not ready yet. Yeah, it's pretty cool, though. They do kind of go back on that because then later in the episode, they they really need to take off. And apparently they just have backup boosters or some sort that they turn on and they're like, well, these are made on Earth, so they're definitely going to work. And they turn them on and they 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 go into the sky. It's a little it's right. a little bit easy, but it was believable, too. Yeah. yeah, at least they had to fight for it. You know, they had to work. They had to work for it a little bit, which is really all I wanted to see, because I still wanted to see that baby take off. <laughs> yeah. Well, and in a in a kid's show, they also throw in they're constantly throwing in little moments like this that I feel like are 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 cool and not underestimating a, like a kid's intelligence because when that happens, when the first malfunction happens and it crashes back into its supports and everything buckles and it's just this big like boom, oh God, we fucked up. The Captain Global is like super depressed and Commander Lisa comes over, uh, Lisa Hayes, I don't remember, comes over and she's like, You shouldn't blame yourself for this, sir. I am the captain. And then we cut yeah, and we yeah. go to some other stuff and it's like, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty cool, like that's real, that's real. And you I like that a lot. Real, was real as shit and heavy was the ending uh, that kind of came out of nowhere was the 
the giant Zentradi gets out of the walker and they, and he gets shot through the heart by Roy um, to save Rick. And then he falls down. The giant falls down and starts bleeding dead. And Rick is like frozen in shock. I mean, and the narrator basically tells us as much very bluntly. Uh, yeah. Which I think maybe robs a little bit of what, what might've been a more nuanced moment, but you know, the narrator just tells us Roy is in shock or, uh, or, uh, Rick, Rick right. is in shock after witnessing death. And it's like, well, yeah. Shit. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, en- the end of the episode, like, you know, Roy goes off to fly and, and help the SDF, which is now taken off and didn't, you know, provide covering fire. And Rick is in this guardian mode, which, you know, we talked about last episode, but it's the mode where it's still a jet, but it has arms and legs. It's half plane. <laughs> half plane half mech (laughs) and he's in this guardian mode cockpit and he's like shaking and upset and minmay has like long passed out in the co-pilot seat behind him and like yeah these kids are these kids are in the middle of some real shit it's fucked well yeah and it's like it feels more realistic to if we're talking about a child and not some like perfect god child hero who does everything great all the time and is you know just kind of ready to party but we have we have Rick who is like witnessing war for the first time, which they talked about, you know, that he hadn't been in this and he was new to this. He's just a stunt pilot. And yeah. now he's literally he's experiencing it. He's dealing with it. He's been struggling all episode. And now he's the reality has hit him. Well, yeah. And I think something we didn't actually expressly say we, when we talked about the Zentradi, I think the the first time we saw the in the first episode, the guy was like blue and kind of gross, blue yeah. and green. This Zentradi is pretty much he's pretty pretty human looking he's got he's got him so it's like it really is kind of driving home the the you know the cost of war this yeah. is not it this is not a right. spooky blue-faced bug alien it's a dude right yeah yeah he's not shooting independence day guys this <laughs> no. is like these are people that that bleed red yeah. blood yeah and i do love that angle um there's there's a lot there's a lot more to come obviously this this particular show has 36 episodes and it it doesn't waste that time really like things change over the course of this show which i really appreciate and what i also love is that clearly we're still in the setup of the show and i think we are like getting to status quo for the first like 5 episodes like it's cool that it takes such a slow pace yeah yeah in, yeah. in terms of like broadcasts that would be a whole week it's like every weekday i come home from school and i watch more and by the end of the first week i feel like i kind of know what the show's going to look like for the next you know whatever and that's pretty baller. Cool. That's Robotech. That was Robotech. I had a great time. Yeah. Shit yeah. Shit yes. Well, all right, everybody. We are going into our final round of this wild game show we've been on. And this is, I actually, you won't believe this, but the, the latest from our, our faceless host um, is actually that for this round, Andy is gaining a million points back from his drunk on B strength. (laughs) He's, he's gaining all these points. His, his anime demerit balance is like slowly becoming Uh, uh, in the positive. uh, Yes. Um, I I knew that this would, you know, the, 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 the good side of the turd would show itself one day. uh, Oh, now I'm hearing, uh, we're going into the next phase where Andy uh, (laughs) loses all of those again, just so he knows. Uh, what it's like to to lose everything. I've tasted <laughs> happiness, but now I retreat into familiar despair. Yeah, and I guess that's what the host wanted. Yeah. So, 
I'll be I'll be I'll be over here, you guys. You finish yeah, the episode right. by yourselves. Well, yeah, so Rory, we had a good time here. We uh, we had uh, a great time with these fun games that we played. All these points that we that we earned. Uh, we tied, and the host said that's okay. Mm-hmm. He said two friends can tie, and that's okay. Three friends are huge <laughs> no no. Two, two friends are like <laughs> cool American stuff. <laughs> We're both getting a new car. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's bullshit. It's there. It's powered by Andy uh, on a little bicycle inside. <laughs> so let's ride. Let's ride our bicycle into the. Let's ride our bicycle into the sunset together. Well, let's drive our car, which is Andy on the bicycle. I am very out of shape. We are not going to go fast. Oh, you just, you're all you're full of bee juice. Anime, the anime bees have now plumped you up and have made you strong. <laughs> oh right, I got all that bee strength. <laughs> Okay, I'm uh, I'm just making this car go real fast, having a good time. This is this is what I wanted. I'm really happy. I'm happy that I lost. Uh, this, is, this is all good for Austin. <laughs> this is for the good of the Austin. He won, and he is my overlord now. Thank you for listening to Saturday Morning Tuesdays. I am drunk on B strength, and I am gonna pass out any moment. So I'm gonna pull this, send uh, this over to the next person. Beep beep. Hey, I'm just making my way downtown. Uh, Walking fast, faces past, and I'm homebound on in the fr- in my seat of my brand new car, loving it. Uh, you know where you can find me is uh, the same name that's on my license plate. It's sadimtuesdays.com. Uh, you can also find us on iTunes. You can give us a great review there. You can subscribe to us. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, where you can see us posting. All kinds of fun stuff, especially our new watch guides for uh, the weekends. Time of my life. Yeah. So when you get to, when you get to the when you get to the weekend, you want to know what we're watching. That's when we're gonna tell you when we watch now, because because right now we could say it. You we feel we feel like you maybe didn't really you weren't you've already you've already tuned out. This is for us, and this is just for <laughs> us and Andy's mom. So so in the future though, once you've once you've given us five stars on iTunes. And then you, and then you've you've woken up early on Saturday morning, and you put your butt on the couch, and you've and you've and you've lapped your milk from the saucer bowl. Then it will it will have told you what shows to do. And Andy is and Andy's I dead. I can't keep going. This car's done. All right, and the theme the theme has crashed off the edge, and now Andy's free. He's in a now the now you're free. Fly, my boy. You're now more bee than man. Ha, ha, ha.